Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside. He's allergic to tomatoes, but he's tomato meter approved. Eric Marchin. You'll never guess. I was in the club, and I was waiting to use the payphone. And the guy in front of me who was using the payphone, he was wearing, he was wearing a hat. And, and he turns around after using the payphone, and I was like, oh my god, it's, it's Emilio Estevez. <laughs> and I was just like, Emilio! <laughs> Love it. Yes. Today we are reviewing uh, the first three episodes of the Mighty Ducks Game Changers, which is uh, the first episode is now streaming on Disney Plus with subsequent episodes each and every Friday. Um, Eric, we just uh, just to start it off, we leading into this, uh, we decided to watch the original Mighty Ducks trilogy. And I want to get your thoughts on um, if those movies were nostalgic to you or, or or anything, because for me, this franchise and why we're reviewing this, because, again, it's a kid's show. Um, I do think it makes sense for this podcast, because, again, it's a sequel series to a film series, much like when we reviewed Cobra, uh, you Kai. Know, the, Cobra Kai or the Marvel uh, television series. We do think that this makes sense for this channel. Um, Invincible being a thing that's not really a movie thing, but I was just a huge fan of the comics, which is why. But we it is going that. to become a movie uh, in its own yeah. right as well. So it, yeah. it's playing within multiple sort of mediums. Yeah. Um, but uh, this franchise, very nostalgic for me um, as a kid growing up in Canada who played hockey as a kid uh, for the majority of, you know, my, um, my youth up until I was, you know, 17 years old, um, I was obsessed with the Mighty Ducks franchise. Um, I, uh, everything from, I mean, the, when they became an NHL team and the jerseys being cool to the animated series to just wanting to with be Charlie Conway. Ducks, we should mention that with yeah, the animated yeah, series. Yeah. yeah. It's not nothing to do with the movie franchise really. Um, uh, Charlie Conway just being like, oh, I, I wanted to be Charlie Conway and, and have a, coach Gordon, my dad being my gordon bombay kind of thing my dad was my hockey coach as a kid um i was obsessed with those movies absolutely loved them they're just certain sequences like the rollerblading scenes are always just like etched into my brain as being these iconic kind of scenes which so, is a weird staple um, of the 90s i gotta say like of the early 90s yeah. it seems like they brought back rollerblading because i always rollerblading not roller skating yes yeah because yeah. <laughs> i always got um some of the scenes in part two specifically mixed up with the rollerblading scene in Power Rangers, the Mighty Morphin yeah, Power Rangers movie. I agree with that completely. And I would say the scene in number three, D3, is very similar to the one in Power Rangers. I got like those were the ones that I always got mixed up. Um, and I agree with you. So um, I loved that original franchise. Um, I haven't watched them in probably. Oh God, how old am I now? 32? Probably 20 years, I'd say it's been since I watched them. I've seen bits and pieces of them, you know, maybe when they were on TV or something like that on Family Channel or something like that. Um, but went back, watched the original trilogy leading into this new series that we're getting that's airing on Disney+. Plus. They're bringing back Emilio Estevez's Gordon Bombay. Um, so we went back and rewatched them. I know you did the same. Um, and I, I have to say, I had a pretty good time with them. Like they were obviously they're not great films. They're very much kids movies. They're very much of the 90s. Um, but I think if you're nostalgic for them at all, I still think that they hold up in that way. Like, I think you'll remember watching, you, you know, remember watching them as a five, six, seven, eight year old when they first came out for me. And um, that's kind of why I got 
some enjoyment out of them. And, and it was interesting watching them with Nevis because she has no nostalgic attachment to them all. And she just decided to watch the films with me. And she was like, these aren't super great. <laughs> and I'm like, no, they're not. But she um, weirdly enjoyed the third one the most out of them all, which is the one with the least uh, Gordon Bombay. Um, not enough but- Emilio. I, I like the the third one actually surprised me because I I bet you it's the one I've seen maybe the least and um uh, it surprised me the most at how much I did enjoy it. You can definitely tell they had Emilio Estevez for like two days of shooting, so they're like, let's get these three scenes done, and then that's pretty much it. Um, because that I was had, around that was around quickly that was around the time yeah. of his kind of like he was trying to make a bit of a comeback because he had been in uh, Mission Impossible in the first Mission Impossible movie and had a very tragic end in that film uh with involving an elevator yeah very graphic i remember yeah but it was kind of also supposed to be kind of like a a janet lee kind of moment where it was like you take a big name star like that and place him you know alongside tom cruise you think okay he's going to be like one of the main characters throughout the film and then you know to palma pulls you know his hitchcock card again like he did with dress to kill and does that scene and then you're kind of like wow like they're not pulling any punches so i feel almost like at that point emilio was kind of like thinking oh i'm gonna do other things and that's why i'm not gonna be really in this movie at all which is very strange because he's still top build for d3 yeah yeah yeah. well i mean he's the the face of the franchise man even if joshua jackson being the face of the the actual mighty ducks the the players but um i I enjoyed going back i think the second one i remember liking the most as a kid and watching them as an adult it's very much you know the the kind of thing we got into with kids movies and still happens today where the sequels are pretty much just the exact same movie as that first movie all three of them are (laughs) yeah uh, slightly different (laughs) just like with small tweaks but they're basically the same movie over and over again so um but again i think if you grew up with the movies you'll uh, they still kind of i think nostalgia is the thing fueling them for being getting any enjoyment out of them but i don't know how you felt rewatching them absolutely i mean i i like you um grew up loving the series i'm not a hockey person but i always kind of liked sports films and as a kid i remember watching those films the mighty duck movies and sandlot quite a bit and same same and always kind of that dog scared the shit out of me uh, dude again like trauma as a child and like what you kind of take away from that is is that sequence um but then, yeah, like kind of going back, I, I mean, I had rewatched them back in 2012, according to my Letterboxd account, because I had watched them over a Christmas holiday. They were playing on TV back to back to back. And I was just kind of like, I might as well watch them. Had and, them and, on, yeah. Yeah, and kind of enjoyed them for what they were, but it wasn't really, you know, like a, a, Sitting and a concentrated watch, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, where this was more of a concentrated watch. And the thing that I think gave me the most nostalgia for each one of the original films in the trilogy was the opening Disney logo uh, that comes yeah. up because I just, I remember seeing that so much as a kid and that was the thing that gave me the most chills. But then you watch the films and I still kind of hold a, a, a soft spot in my heart for these movies. Um, I, I think like you were mentioning two is the one that I have the most affinity for and, and remembering sort of them going to LA and, and Bombay going from teaching, you know, peewee league to, um, the, uh, junior goodwill games and, and becoming the USA coach. And like, I always remember like the weird stuff with like, you know, Hans being replaced by, by Jan, Jan. <laughs> and then like Han dying in the third one. And then yeah. rewatching it now, it's weird that 
Yawn isn't at the funeral. And then Yes, I said the same thing to Nevis. And I'm like, they could have just replaced him with another actor and still called him Hans in the right. second movie. Like no one would have noticed or cared. Yeah. And then um, in in the other thing that I also thought was weird, just watching it now from the point of view of a 32-year-old going on 33 and having a bit of an existential crisis, um, was the scene with um Emilio and Charlie's mom, played by uh Heidi um I believe her name is Heidi Kling. And this is like kind of like the only major series that she was in. She did a couple other movies and TV shows, but after D3, she kind of disappears. She's in D1 and D3 is that there's this weird kind of setup for them to have a relationship. And they have this really kind of like personal moment where she talks about like, you know, I don't want to be hurt and I don't want Charlie to be hurt. And it kind of suggests in the first film that they're going to kind of, you know, start something relationship wise yeah and then it's never brought up again no, and then in never. the third one when they, they they never interact at all in in part three which is weird they're in this i think room someone said like scene. she said she got married yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Yon said that she got uh she got remarried but then there's never even any conversation of that and i just thought that that was again kind of strange and like those are the things that you're not really at all paying attention to as a kid you're you're enjoying the strange almost like flash like fast-paced sequences or the strange dubbing of um of reed in one scene in the second film where his voice is like four octaves lower to sort of indicate that the uh these three guys that are from another team from the first film that are trying to kind of pull a prank on them are being undermined by by reed specifically uh eldon hansen um who's probably now best known for the (laughs) um yeah for the daredevil um uh, series on Netflix and then but also he was in uh, Idle Hands um, but but yeah Joshua Jackson is, is another interesting thing as well because watching him in two and three I was thinking man he would have been so much better in the role of Anakin Skywalker than Hayden Christensen like just watching the way that he kind of like you know yeah. has that kind of conflict and and and, and sort of fights against uh, Coach Orion in the third movie like there's something about that like you could see the kind of like the sniveling kind of childness and the nature of his character coming out that has the Anakin thing, but he does it in a way that doesn't feel obnoxious or just like you want to, you know, no, you want to cheer the for the guy, you know, that he's conflicted. And even that character, like watching it as an adult, I think it's kind of an interesting kind of arc throughout the three films for him. And like, I, I did like a lot. I just think that, you know, the heart, their heart is in the right place in these movies. I think the message of, you know, you don't have to work for an asshole, I think is a, um, and you can be a nice guy and, and it's uh, not about or, winning. And, and it's not, it's just about becoming, you know, uh, you know, believing in yourself and, and trying as hard as you can. And, it do- and I think that's and like about a good enjoying message. the game. Yeah. And exactly. And I think that's a good message for kids. And even going into like, Watching D3 with, yeah, it had kills off a character from the first movie. You have the whole subplot with the new coach that I think is actually really quite sweet when they get into it and, and shows a little bit of depth to that character more than just making him an asshole and having Gordon Bombay come in and save the day or anything. Um, and I just... I don't know. I even as an adult for someone who recently, you know, had to quit their job because I fucking hated working for someone who was an asshole. It's just like my whole, you know, mentality throughout my whole life has been kind of this. And I've always gotten it's weird watching this movie. And I guess I I probably took a lot away from it as a kid, even subconsciously, because like um, the Charlie Conway character, like I just I go, fuck, I see myself so much in this kid 
me as a hockey player and me as a, you know, as I grew up and I'm like, I must've taken a lot out of this. Cause my dad was my coach for hockey for a lot, but then every other coach I had in minor league hockey, I had the mentality of like, this doesn't fucking matter. Let's have fun. Like you shouldn't be benching kids or playing kids more. I'm like, it's house league hockey. Like you should just be rolling your four lines. Everyone gets the same amount of ice time. Who cares if you win or lose as long as everyone's having a good time. So I've gotten in fights with coaches who are assholes. I've gotten like, I just, I couldn't deal with that shit. And that's kind of followed me throughout my whole life into jobs and different things like that, where I'm like, I just don't put up with people who are fucking assholes. I'm like, you can be a good person and motivate people and you'll ultimately get the results if you focus on that stuff, which I think this, these movies show. And I guess all three are kind of cliche where it's the ducks are down and they're, they're the, it's the underdog story, right? Like, I mean, it's even like with Rocky and Creed, right? Oh, totally. It's sports movies in general. general, That's what sports movies are. And, but I just like that message of having a coach come in who was a bit of a prick and, and finding himself and then find helping these kids, kids find themselves and then the you know it's corny but the power of positivity kind of thing and like uh of just and anyways we're, we're focusing a lot on that original well, trilogy I, but- I think we should though set that up because there are things in that series that are or in that those that trilogy that series of film that do come into play even just little kind of like moments of of just kind of like easter eggs that are references or indicators that they are you know that Stephen Brill, who is the the original writer and um, wrote the first episode and kind of helped develop this series, kind of brings into the the new franchise as as a um, I don't know if this is going to be an ongoing series or if this is is going to be a one off, but um, it, it is interesting that they did bring him back to kind of help sort of shepherd the production uh, ago. But like it is again like talking about certain scenes like. The other thing that I think really sells this franchise or the original three films and even this one a little bit, the music, the score does a lot of the heavy lifting. So David Newman and then uh, R.A.C. Redford uh, for uh, one and two to three, like those scores, like especially in like the final kind of showdown or, you know, like dude, the operatic, like um, when they're playing in the third movie against the varsity team. I burst out laughing because it was one incredible that you just have this ridiculous like Final Fantasy fucking operatic music as they're playing this varsity team. Um, but then they have like what I was just, you know, humming or whatever was the that inspirational Mighty Ducks kind of theme. But I, I'm totally with you that it's got that kind of corny but inspiring like sports theme to it that i really really love and i've been dude since i've been watching it which they bring back in the show as well i've just been non-stop doing like around the house and like i'm like never thought that 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 theme is so prevalent in those three movies and now this show that i i'm totally with you on that yeah and a lot of slow motion as well and and usually with these movies um or at least with the first two specifically, the rival coach is usually either a cartoony villain like Lane Smith when he's kind of, you know, always popping yeah. his collar. <laughs> um, really love that character actor. He's, he's a really good character actor. Yeah, um, sadly like passed away. In that, that kind of uh, corny uh, uh, coach role too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then in the second one, um, uh, European. St- uh, Stanson <laughs> basically is a, is, is a James Bond villain. And yeah. he kind of looks a little bit like um, Alexander Skarsgård with his hair slicked back but he talks and acts 
like Steven Seagal in a 90s movie with that kind of like whispery voice of intimidation, uh, which I always found funny. And then again, kind of going back to um, Hans, Hans uh, played by uh, Joss uh, Ackland, um, to me, like, again, watching them now from the point of view of a 32 year old, I'm thinking of the guy who's the main South African villain in lethal weapon two, who's the guy that says diplomatic immunity before Danny Glover shoots him in the head and says it's been revoked. And he's playing this kind of like sweet, you know, Norwegian sort of, I gotta go back and rewatch the lethal weapon movie. And then the music cues as well are so nineties. And, and it's strange because like the one that stuck out in the first movie was good vibrations, uh, which I thought was bizarre. (laughs) Um, but it was just, probably because it was a popular song at the time but like when they all go to get the the gear and stuff like that and good vibration starts playing um by marky mark and the funky bunch um and then also there's just some there's some other weird like uh, in uh, sort of discrepancies with characters so like in the first one you have the hall brothers and the dad is there and then in the second one um Brandon Quinton Adams, uh, uh, who plays Jesse, is in the second one, carries over. But his brother, who's played by um, Jesse Smollett, Smollett, isn't. And then there's no reference to that whatsoever. Um, and certain th- characters get one line that says, "Oh, they did. They, they moved away, or or whatever." Right. But certain characters don't. So, and the reason and the why I know, or, or, or I, I'm referencing Brandon Quinton Adams as well, or I, I know him, is because he was also um, in Wes Craven's "The People Under the Stairs." He played Fool, the main kid in in that movie. Um, and then, like, I remember really loving Goldberg as a kid. Yeah, no, Goldberg was awesome, man. And it's I still kind of do like his moment yeah. in the third movie because it's again, like, it's a great underdog uh moment yes. but then and again you give julie her moment too because i feel like julie really gets shafted in that second movie right. she's clearly better and like it's just like oh well julie you gotta sit on the bench and then you'll get your shot and then she gets to go in for one shootout and i'm like get out of here julie should have been in net all along. oh and then again with the funeral so half of the kids that are introduced in part two including uh, uh keenan thompson um didn't know hans at all yeah and like they're all at the funeral though like i get that i mean you came to my i think my my opa's funeral right but you never you never met my opa or maybe you did one time i I can't remember but like um i think it's just like a out of respect thing you're all on the team and he was part of like he was helped the original mighty ducks out right so i kind of get that um but yeah man like i i do think that that original trilogy i can't believe there were three movies of them and that well, they they, were the first two were deal. so successful and um, this is yeah. this you will know more about this but i mean it had an impact on actual hockey like yeah they became so a the franchise. first movie the first movie came out it's it's weird watching them again now that the second and third movies do feel like like almost propaganda because disney owned the mighty ducks they owned the anaheim mighty ducks so the first movie came out um in 92 right yeah. and then i believe the ducks came into the nhl in 93 so it almost felt like calculated by disney and walt disney company owned uh the mighty ducks of An- the anaheim mighty ducks in the nhl and based their jerseys and everything off of this movie and you really see in the second and third movie that they bring in the nhl jerseys the original ones or one of the original ones in that second movie where they all randomly change jerseys in the third period like that's allowed um and then um and then in the in the third movie well they did say that there's no rules against it yeah and and paul korea uh who was the captain of the anaheim mighty ducks is in the third movie he's one of their most well-known players an awful commentary scene he can't act at all 
all, but it's funny. Oh, is that when um, he's with the kid? In the, in the, yeah, yeah. So that was an actual, and they have NHL players come in throughout the series and and kind of um have and cameos, none of them can is, act. Which no, it's a lot of fun. Call me knowing, Wayne. Call me Wayne. Yeah, it's yeah. Wayne Gretzky shows up. It's great. Um. So yeah, I mean, and then that so that team was based off of these movies, which is pretty wild, and they're still there. They don't have the same jerseys anymore. They're just the Anaheim Ducks, not the Mighty Ducks anymore. Um. But I know your brother Kyle, like one, he loves the Boston Bruins. But I think because of these movies, he loved the Anaheim Mighty Ducks as well. Yeah, I, and the I, cartoon I series. As yeah, well. and I know that in the NHL, he even likes that team. I think for one of those reasons. Um. So yeah, I mean, they're still around, man. They're still kicking. You can kind of see. Um. You saw the transition from the Minnesota North Stars, where they were still in the first movie, but then they moved to the Dallas Stars. They bring in that kid from Texas, and I like seeing all that. Yeah, I like in even the second and third movies where they have the kids, like even as a hockey player. um, We're gonna twenty five minutes before we even get into. You know, I think this is good though because again, Um, it's it's mostly nostalgia, anyways, and you're kind of getting the same thing with the series. But it's good to set this up. But even the accuracy of like it just brought back a lot of feelings of like when I played minor league hockey and like having the kids go on the ice and they're all wearing their own like they're not like mix, mismatched jerseys so you know the kid from dallas is wearing a or Anna, uh, from austin is wearing a dallas stars jersey or or you know the kid from x locations wearing a, a philadelphia or goldberg's wearing a philadelphia flyers jersey like that's the stuff you would do in a hockey practice is like you'd buy that nhl jersey that you saved up your money for that you could wear on the ice during practice so you could wear the toronto maple leafs jersey which we'll i'll bring up when we get into uh game oh, changers yeah, you will. And, like, and i'm going um, to uh i'm just going to make fun of you (laughs) yeah totally um but like i just i loved that stuff too like if you were a hockey player or a hockey kid um you'll see a lot of that in these and like i think that adds another element of why those movies were so much fun for kids especially canadian kids even though you know this movie takes place in minnesota and um and eventually uh, and in the show you see a minnesota wild hat so minnesota did get a hockey team back um eventually called the minnesota wild so um that's fun as well uh but yeah eric let's get into it so the original trilogy we watched was i think really helped um going into this series because i feel like if i just would have went in cold um this would have been tough to get through in my opinion um but that being said so we're 30 years later disney plus is out they're trying to find content for their streaming service, they green light a um, new Mighty Ducks television series. It's not the animated series with ducks. It is a live action series, a sequel series, much like we said with Cobra Kai or, you know, Marvel transitioning into TV. So taking a film franchise and creating a sequel throughout a, a television series. So or they a have legacy uh, sequel a legacy sequel, a legacy sequel. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Emilio Estevez is back as Gordon Bombay. He's now uh, running. He's a, now Martin uh, Sheen. He's literally yeah, morphed into yeah. Martin Sheen. <laughs> Pretty much, and he runs a uh, a small rundown uh, hockey rink in in Minnesota, the Ice, the Palace. Ice Palace. And then we also have Lauren Graham as Alex Morrow uh, and her son um, Evan, Evan uh, who plays on the new Mighty Ducks. Um, but he's kind of one of the worst players on the team. And as they go into a new age group, he gets kicked off the team. And um, Lauren Don't Graham's bother. character. Don't bother. Yeah. So. Um, Lauren Graham's character wants to create a team where they can have fun again and not take it so seriously. Cause like minor hockey, um, it's just like some of the parents 
uh, just feed money into this and care so so much, which I think is a interesting juxtaposition to how you know they trade treated it in the nineties. Um, and then, anyways, they create this new team called the Don't Bothers, and they get kind of that ragtag group of like nerds and and kids who want to play hockey but aren't very good, and they create their own hockey team, and they you know end up colliding with Gordon Bombay who hates hockey again and um and also uh just wants nothing to do with them but also wants their money so anyways that's where the series kicks off he's almost Uh, like uh agent cooper in this a little bit where you're just waiting for him to snap out of it and help you know in those first three episodes that's what i loved about those original movies too there was always a gordon bombay scene where he finds himself and he was always skating so the first movie (laughs) he went on the the pond yeah the, the first one he skates on a pond and he remembers the conversation he had with his dad who died which is very lovely second movie goes to like venice beach or something and, and it's all shot in this kind of like yeah. bronzy gold yeah. kind of almost like like a 90s late 80s early 90s ballad music video it's just ridiculous and then in the third movie he has a moment with charlie where they're watching the other coach and that's kind of that moment in the third movie and we kind of get that sequence in the second or third episode in this um not really a spoiler, he's become a but, literal cake eater um, in this series yeah so eric and i have seen the first three episodes um i think it might be a six episode series so it might be uh on wikipedia it's showing six episodes but maybe that's only the ones that have been announced with titles or it's a six episode series i'm not a thousand percent sure on that that's i'm trying to find that information anyways we've seen the first three episodes uh the first one is now streaming uh march 26th on disney plus and then you'll get episodes every friday um so i'll kick it off um i think this is fine um i like i think it is a totally okay you know kids tv show uh much in the vein of those original movies i don't again not removing that nostalgic element from it you kind of really see it as a kids tv show so there are a lot of those moments where you're like okay i don't know if this is this isn't necessarily for me if i had a kid i would enjoy showing them this or or how or if i had a young son or daughter who played hockey i would love to go okay yeah new let's watch these series that i watched as when i was your age and now let's watch this new show but as a 32 year old man who's just watching this and like the only nostalgic element is really having gordon bombay there um it's a little cringy and it's a and you can very much tell that it's you know it's a kid show through and through um but i like that element of Again, what I said is like you don't need to deal with assholes and you can go and have fun and you will see the results eventually. And I like them going through and finding the different kids that all have their own some of them mimicking some of the original ducks like the goalie always has to be a like a chubby kid that um for some reason which uh, oh but and it's I not as much of a, the, like a, a smart aleck as as, as, as goldberg, goldberg yeah but i didn't talk about some of the problematic stuff in d3 where i was just like that's kind oh, Mendo- <laughs> uh, uh, um, yes, of weird some of the choices specifically which is weird because like crawling under two, the table he's yeah. he's not that at all i mean it's a, so yeah he crawls under the role. table and looks at like the underwear of girls at his school which is totally not okay and he like looks and breaks the fourth wall at the camera and i get what they were doing because these these movies were made for young boys but like also just not okay and then all of the imagery of the mascot of the warriors and stuff like that is and they do try to kind of bring some commentary into one scene where you know charlie is interested i can't remember the character's name the a, a young girl who's trying to get people to sign petitions to right, basically right. seems like a 30 year old 
woman who would go home and Nevis and I were laughing being like, she'd have a glass of wine and read her novel with her cat. And I'm right. like, this girl's not 14. Yeah, no, she, I mean, she almost seems like too current as well. Like, like yes, this yeah. would be somebody that would be very much of the now or, or, or very much, you know, uh, representing, you know, the, the sort of more woke culture, but it was interesting yeah. sort of, which I think is good, but yeah, it's interesting seeing like like one scene where she's trying to get Charlie to sign a petition, and then Charlie's like, "No, I love all these teams that have like yeah. racist connotations to them." And you're like, "Oh no, and Charlie she's like, you would, yeah." And she kind of calls him out on and it. And also, a little you bit, made but... a funny joke as well about Charlie. I know we're going back to the the series. Charlie like, wanting like... to Gordon Bombay to fuck his mom. <laughs> Disney will love that if they've gotten this far in this review when I send it over. They'll please don't listen to that part. But um, anyways, <laughs> I love in this children's television show we're dropping that kind of stuff. Um, and what are your thoughts, Eric? Because like I thought I had I enjoyed the three episodes. Like I didn't find it like a total chore to get through. I like seeing Emilio Estevez there as that character and him, you know, the same kind of arc he had in those first two movies of like, I- I'm too good for, or not too good for this. I just don't want to do this anymore. Or He's just I, apathetic. I, this he just doesn't want to yeah, be bothered and- by it. It, and then you said he becomes a literal cake eater. I like him kind of being a curmudgeon that just runs his hockey rink and eats junk food and has naps and stuff like yeah. that. But And I just also um, think but, he, his heart's been broken by the sport because he loves it so yeah. much. And it's just like what it's become. And it keeps and beating him down. Yeah. Have become. And I think that's maybe the most interesting thing about this series that's so true, yeah. far is that you take the underdogs and you turn them into the adversaries. You turn them into the antagonists. Yeah. And yeah. it's that is fascinating because now – the group that you always looked at as kind of the underdogs, the guys that always, you know, you know, wanted they're the win in the end. The now. good guys yeah. are the villains. And so, you know, how how do you approach that and how do you kind of deal with that? Especially when you have, you know, Evan kind of the one of the main characters kind of really loving that team and loving hockey and wanting to be a part of it, but not feeling welcomed anymore because you know he's he's not good enough and and i even like that stuff as well that they at least they are addressing sort of the sports mentality and sort of beating in like the idea like okay well you have to do this you have to be you know practicing all the time you have to be a, a prodigy at a certain age uh your yeah, parents or why bother your Don't parents bother. are already yeah. thinking about college and university i mean it's not on the level of something like say hello destroyer but it is at least kind of addressing these problems that have become more uh you know sort of in, embedded Heightened into the, and, yeah. the conscious when it comes to hockey but not just hockey but sports, sports in, general, in general right like yeah. the idea that you're basically you know, soul crushing the child who wants to enjoy what they're doing and turning it into a business and turning it into sort of, again, I mean, you mentioned propaganda. I was even thinking about that watching, you know, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier uh, episode two, where they're kind of almost doing the same thing again, where Steve Rogers became a, par- a propaganda sort of figure in the first Captain Mar- uh, Captain America movie, and now John Walker is becoming a propaganda figure uh, in the episode two of Falcon and uh, uh, the the Winter Soldier. So, like it's it's just it's almost like it's 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 a brand thing, which I think is kind of interesting as well. But yeah, like it is very much for kids, but. At the same time, like maybe because it is current, it is now, I didn't find it as grating as some of like the 90s music or some of the style or like even again, like uh, Averman is basically doing like his version of Polly Shore in the first two movies. And it just becomes so 
tedious after a while where with this is like yeah you know all the all the kids have their own kind of unique kind of personality to kind of you know give them something to do and build on but i mean i didn't mind some of that stuff it's it's fine for what it is because they're just kids right like they're still figuring things out i i even laughed at just you know um coco chad or you know like just like right stuff yeah. like no that. i did i did laugh at that um, too. and i like this group coming together and like the uh little pet peeve was like when uh, the kids playing the video game i'm like why didn't you get ea sports just get the nhl game in here like, disney on, can guys. afford it like it just it looked so terrible like it's in a in a series that's set in 2020 or 2021 or whatever and this kid's playing a game that looks like it's nhl 98 for the playstation one and i'm like that stuff just bothers the shit out of me when he's using a ps5 controller and i'm like I hate that. Uh, shout out to the kid in the. I liked the gag with the kid from Toronto. Um, I, I thought that was actually really funny. Of like, he's he's moved to the neighborhood, moved to Minnesota with his mom. And no, it's um, his dad, right? Because his, his mom dad. had a, a, an affair, and that's right, why. Right, they, right, yeah. So he moves to Minnesota with his dad and he's got a Toronto Maple Leafs jersey on. He has hockey equipment. The kids are like, this kid's going to, he's Canadian. This kid's going to rule at hockey. He's got all the hockey lingo. Um, he's got a Leafs jersey on. So obviously he's, his head's in the right got spot. Great hair. Or, or he's tortured. He's got great flow. Um, and then, so they bring this kid and they're like, yeah, come play for our hockey team. We need a good hockey player. And you think he might be like that, uh, the Adam Banks kid or like the, the good kid on the team kind of thing. And, uh, he ends up being horrible. <laughs> and Which represents that was beliefs good, in yeah. general. Yeah, thank you. Fuck you. <laughs> um, so they won last night. Um, it's a perfect metaphor. <laughs> it is. It really is. Uh, as a Leaf fan, I said he has his head in his right spot, but he's going to be tortured his whole life um yeah so i like that gag and i just like having you know uh the the kids in the leaf in a leaf jersey the whole time i think that kid's from vancouver so he probably hates that he has to wear a leaf jersey right well they 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 shot it in vancouver right like that's where the series was shot and it's it is interesting as well because the other thing that i think some what makes the original series kind of special as well that this one doesn't this is a super slick looking show but it's digital like you can tell that it like it is you know hd um you know like it's it's where the original series is all shot on film so there's still that kind of grainy nostalgia to it which i kind of missed with that watching the the, the series it helps definitely with the look of it yeah and and again like i i actually really liked um lauren graham as well um who plays evan's mom a a paralegal who again like you know that like you know she's kind of being um stepped over all the time at work as well and kind of you know is is too nice for her own good and 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 needs to kind of stand up for herself but that character can be really again kind of you can just kind of get annoyed by that kind of character usually like even her kind of first scene when she's squaring off against coach t for the ducks who's played by uh dylan uh Playfair, who's on Letterkenny and also plays a hockey player on on that as well, and I think he actually makes sense. Grew he looks up playing and hockey. sounds like a hockey player. Yeah, yeah, and 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 sort of her kind of like big kind of like it's not a breakdown or anything, but kind of her monologue and why all this is weird and wrong and and what have you. And I think in in an actor who maybe you're less invested in that could come off as a little bit cringy or cheesy or just annoying. Where with this, it kind of feels very genuine and sincere in her performance. Yes, I still think it is a little corny, but I it, think it's corny, but I think she, I think she's good in the that. performance. Yes. And I think that's what all the original trilogy, a lot of the Gordon Bombay stuff is corny and the, in like it. So I, I'm totally with you on that. And I don't want to sound down on it. Cause like I, 
enjoyed the three episodes that I watched. Is it a kid show? Yes. Is it corny? Yes. Like, um, but you know, I'm going to cheer for these kids and like, I, I do love hockey and, and I love those original movies. So seeing, you know, Estevez isn't like, you know, a, a focal point, I would say really in these first three episodes, like it, it, eventually, you know, you get to there obviously, but, um, I, I think, it's going to have a little trouble being weekly in my opinion. I think that's where maybe I, I'm usually, you know, me, I'm always about the week and I hope I, I understand why Disney is doing this with all of their stuff because they wouldn't just, you know, sometimes do things weekly and sometimes do things binging where you put out all the episodes, but this series, I don't know as me as a 32 year old man reviewing it that way. Will I be in, heist to come back every week and watch this i don't think so um will i watch it all once they're all there and i can just kind of whenever i have some free time or i'm in the mood for it just something like you said to put on and and kind of have on and you know sort of nostalgic because bombay is around then i i might finish watching it but like i found myself enjoying it and if i had a kid i'd probably sit down and watch this with them but i i don't know now if i'm going to be really enticed after these three episodes to go oh shit i really need to know what happens here i mean i ultimately think i do know what will happen but if this is going to well, be because you've seen series, the, you just rewatched yeah, the first three movies and it's if it's an ongoing series they could i think it could be interesting if they go the route of like you know it's going to take longer cobra than kai. just the, yeah <laughs> the, well that's what i mean this is the kid version of cobra kai right, right. but like um this is what cobra kai could have been right like it with cobra kai could have just been another kids series just like the karate kid was and and um they took a different route there which is ultimately what why i think makes cobra kai really really special and and putting it in a different lens and and just changing it up where this is more of the same um but it is for a new generation and i like what you said where they kind of make the ducks the villains and and you're bringing this ragtag group of kids that are really terrible at hockey like really bad and one thing i will say too as a, a hockey player and, and re-watching those original movies um some of the editing and the um the hockey quote-unquote stunts um don't mesh super well in those first movies like you can really tell which one they had to shoot from the shoulders up for the kids and which from the shoulders down for these the doubles the hockey doubles and well, even, even with then, this series you um, can tell you can really scene with emilio too, yeah. that there are certain yeah. shots <laughs> yeah totally and i mean emilio estevez can obviously still skate and but he's obviously you know a little rough around the edges um uh, that's actually really makes sense. And that statement finally really, really makes sense. Um, but anyways, the hockey stuff in this, I think is obviously cleaner, faster, feels more authentic where even in the, in the original movies, like it felt a little sloppy because like you'd have the stick handling scenes where they would shoot from the shoulder down, but then a lot of the goals and the shots on net, they really wanted the kids to be in those shots. It looked like, so it still looked, we got to get our main man Goldberg in that shot. Like the saves and the shots still looked really sloppy and like, um, which is fine, but I think it's just nitpicking like as a hockey player, like, and I know kids hockey can be very, very sloppy. So, um, but even when you're supposed to have these professional teams or the, these really good teams, um, you'll see all the stick handling and the passing is really good. But when they ultimately get to when the goals are being scored or a saves being made, it looks a little sloppy or rough. So I feel like that stuff, they still haven't found, you know, a good, and that's not just this movie. I mean, if you watch other hockey movies too, like they have the same problem, like it's not easy to just teach someone, 
how to like an actor how to skate really well and stick handle and shoot a puck like it, they'll they'll get to know it a little bit but they're not going to look like professional hockey players or even amateur hockey players so um and some people they'll cast like this unless villain. it's daniel day lewis sure yeah he'll he'll actually play in the nhl for a season before uh taking a role but anyways that's just like nitpicky stuff but um i like the diversity in you know even in the um the original movies um and then that kind of bleeds into uh this like the group of kids i found that they always like i liked that they were co-ed and like that's something you never really saw even like when i played hockey growing up it was always separated like nope boys play here girls there's a separate league for you um you had you know people from all over the u.s and different races and cultures that played on those teams and it seems like they're bringing that into this too which i i feel is really important and good in a kid's series and and stuff like that so like those are some positive kind of notes i want to give them a shout out for um and i just like seeing you know emilio estevez play gordon bombay so i feel like that is what will bring me back and i know that they're uh they dangled that carrot of um of having some of the original cast come back which um isn't in these first three episodes so i definitely um, it probably won't be until the finale or something like that, but I'm and excited. It'll probably be so see. minute. Like it won't be anything like really impactful to the narrative other than like, they'll come know, for a practice and yeah, or they'll be or like, yeah, they'll be like, Oh, you know what? Like it, the, the ducks, when we were on, you know, playing for them, they, it was different than it was, it was about, you know, the game and it was about enjoying it and all this. And you, you I think that's the one thing that I am most excited for is to see like, who they'll bring like i mean we already kind of know some of the people that they'll bring but in will but- there be any surprises like will joshua yeah. jackson show up or yeah will he be like crease at the end of uh cobra kai season i actually one, have a he, feeling he becomes the will. villain <laughs> like i don't know it'd be weird to not have him right unless he really just didn't want to do it well the, i mean the one thing that's not a person that makes a cameo in the first episode almost in the first shot is is the um is hendrix right the yeah the, the- which is like almost like the uh in Alien, you have the uh, Wayland Utani Corporation. It's like Hendrix the fake is, is, company. Yeah. yeah. That. Um, so yeah, I don't know what Joshua Jackson's even been up to. Um, oh, he was in Little Fires Everywhere, didn't? And he's done some TV lately. But they could get Joshua Jackson. He's got to be in it. Like he's got to be in the finale. Um, but uh, anyways, uh, Eric, any other thoughts on the show? Yeah, I mean, again, it's just it's it's a fairly easy watch. It's I can't not, believe we did forty two minutes. <laughs> well, it was mostly on the on on the original trilogy, but again, I think that you know, having rewatched those movies and then going into this new series, it did help just in terms of kind of getting an understanding of what this show is and how it's playing with the same format, but just in a different medium and. Again, like I think the score does a lot of work. Uh, you have John Denby, who who's the composer on this one, who brings they bring references, back that, yeah, back to it I, again. Like I like some of the the Easter eggs with Hendrix or Emilio eating, you know, cake all the time yeah. and things like that. And it's it's just again like and seeing Emilio as an older guy now, it's it reminds you of like when you you know Stallone is basically becoming Mickey. Uh, in, in in a weird way in, in the Rocky films where like he's become almost the coach to, you know, uh, 
Donnie Adonis. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see him kind of like maybe get more involved as the next couple episodes progress. And they're not long episodes either. Like they kind of just, they kind of fly by for the most 30 part. minutes. Yeah. 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 And I appreciate that. Do you think that I, I know they're going to pull some bullshit in the, in the last game against the ducks where they also are the ducks or something. Well, they <laughs> like, said they did set something up in um, the third episode already. I don't know if this is spoiler or not, but um, there, there will be a, probably a, a penalty that comes into play yeah. in the next, the next time that the don't bothers play the ducks that will be vital. That is, sort of set up in uh the breakaway episode sure yeah anyways uh, i enjoyed it we're not going to put a rating on it much like we've done with um other tv series that we've no, uh, we're just going to do a flying I, v yeah eric and i are going to go hit the uh hit the the rink eric have you, do you even know how to skate or no no <laughs> I'd, I'd love to go skating with you it'd be funny um anyways i would uh, be like a toronto maple leaf uh, until you're getting the ice <laughs> they're still doing pretty well this season um anyways thank you all for listening i hope you enjoyed 45 minutes on the mighty ducks franchise if you made it this far then you're probably interested in the series and i think you'll enjoy it like if you have especially if you have you know a kid in the five to you know 13 year old range i feel like um I, I hope that they enjoy those old movies and, and, and enjoy this. Hear me out. Yeah. Disney buys or licenses the right to sudden death and God. cross those franchises over. Dude, I've been thinking about that lately. Cause I was like, man, I love sudden death and I hate that they made that weird sequel recently that I think dropped on Netflix with yeah, Michael, with Michael Jai Jai White. White. Yeah. Yeah. And who weirdly, I think he follows both of us on, on Twitter. He sure does. <laughs> um, shout out to him but like i just that's not what i want i want like a true sudden death like either remake or sequel and like um yeah cross it over and I, i'll be curious to see how much crossover with the nhl they have because a, a, the nhl just signed a big deal with espn and abc um um and disney uh to air their games starting next season so i'm wondering if this goes more than one season like how much crossover over they'll have which obviously there's a lot of nhl stuff in this already but um yeah if you have a young kid or um or you're very nostalgic for that original series i think you'll get something out of this but i just don't know if it'll keep you coming back every week but maybe you know after you finish an episode of falcon and the winter soldier and then you watch an episode of invincible and then you're like all right i don't have a job like matt so like i'll just watch more tv and then you'll put on an episode of mighty ducks game changers so um but I do think it would be third on that list. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, like we just mentioned, we have reviews up right now for the first three episodes of Invincible. Uh, we have an, a, a review for the first episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We have reviews up for Bad Trip, uh, which just dropped on Netflix, as well as uh, many, many other reviews right here on Untitled Movie Reviews. So we would love for you guys to go check that out. Uh, on our main show, the Untitled Movie Podcast, um, uh, our newest draft talks about it should be dropping very soon by the time you're listening to this we talk about our experience at south by southwest we talk about the suicide squad trailer we talk about a bunch of other things so go check that out as well um you can follow us on all those social medias at untitled underscore cast and you, please drop us a review on your podcast service of choice if you would be so kind it really helps us out um as always my name is matt Rohrbeck. you can find more of my work uh i just got a text from our friend ben that just talked about the suicide squad trailer so we're gonna watch that right after this um 
I, uh, around the internet, mostly on untitledmoviepodcast.com. And you can follow me on all the social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. And I'm Eric Marchin. You can find, he didn't text me that bastard, Ben, um, you jerk. <laughs> uh, I'm Eric Marchin. You can find more of my video reviews at rogerstv.com slash cinema scene. A really wonderful movie is opening up in Canada today. If you're listening to this uh, on Friday, uh, March 26th, uh, Shiva Baby. Uh, yeah, we have a review. Wonderful. We have a review. It's an excellent movie. We saw it back at TIFF. Uh, and then it'll be opening next week in the US uh, on streaming. And then you can also follow me on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. Quack. 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 Quack.